Well, if you already didn't feel good enough about the 2023 class that OU has, on3.com gave you a couple of more reasons to be excited about the uh, incoming crop of freshmen. And before Parker gets mad at me, I am still team 24-7 all the way. But on three did release a uh, new rankings today, so I do feel like we have to talk about them today, even though they're a direct competitor. As we should. As we should. Rankings are important. And the thing that um, immediately popped out to me, well, was the highest-ranked player that OU has on on three's newest rankings. P.J. Atabare, a top-five player nationally in this class, the number four overall player and Jeremy Crabtree, who's with on three, I thought this was fascinating. He says, look, I've been covering recruiting for a long time, and I think P.J. Atabare is the highest-ranked player ever to come out of Kansas City. So that's essentially what this staff was able to do. They got a five-star edge player, an elite five-star guy, but they also pulled Parker, the best player ever, or highest-ranked player ever out of the Kansas City area. To quote the immortal Kirk Cousins, you like that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, everyone likes that. Ah, number four overall player, highest ranked ever out of Kansas City. Will you remind us all what he was ranked exactly a year ago? Was he ranked a year ago? Uh, yes, he was. He'd just gotten his initial ranking, and he was. Wait for it. A three-star. Wow. Dang, he was a three-star three a year star ago. Three-star you, baby. Now, one of the major networks thinks that he's a top-five player nationally. And, and by the way, in a class full of three five-stars, they think P.J. Atabare is the best player that OU has in this recruiting class. Now, we can debate that today, if you all would like. 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. P.J.'s at four. Jackson Arnold is at six. And then he had Peyton Bowen at 15. So another, you like that? Three players in the top 15 in this recruiting class by on three. Yeah, that'll play. That will play. And we've talked about it time and again in this 23 cycle. This would be a really good class if you had an offensive crown jewel in Jackson Arnold and a defensive crown jewel in P.J. Atabare. But how much nicer is it? That you managed to snag Peyton Bowen at the 11th hour. And, oh, now you got not two of the top 15 players, but three of the top 15 players in the nation. All three at positions where they're going to have an opportunity, A, to see the field early at Oklahoma and make a huge impact with this team's bottom line. It's just pretty obvious that the evals from the staff, I say it's pretty obvious, like they've got to prove it at this level. But just in terms of where some of these guys were ranked when they were initially offered compared to these rankings today, like you didn't have evals, Parker, that were the middle of the class or down far in the class that people took notice late and said, oh, maybe OU's onto something here. Let's bump him up to a top 300 kid. We're talking about two of your three five stars. One was a three star a year ago. The other, I think Jackson Arnold was probably still a four star a year ago. Now they're both top 10 players nationally. I mean, you did a really good job, this staff did, of identifying talent, and it looks like a lot of the major networks are saying, yeah, they, they, were, they were pretty dead-on accurate with, with some of these. Well, I just want to run through the list. Let's take a look at the top 100 players that Oklahoma signed because I believe there are eight of them, if my memory serves me correctly. So, you're exactly right. Jackson Arnold was a four-star. 
and pretty highly regarded as a high school quarterback, but no one was putting him on that elite tier. No one had his name no. in the conversation alongside Malachi Nelson, Dante Moore, Nico Iamaliava, and, well, Arch. Archibald. Jackson Arnold was regarded as a second, third-tier guy. Now many would argue he's the best quarterback in the country. Uh, Peyton Bowen, another guy that was by no means a scrub, was well-known, was highly regarded, but he was a fringe top 100 guy, mid-tier four-star, nothing to write home about when you're talking about a true crown jewel in a recruiting class. P.J. Adebare was a three-star. The two guys that have pretty consistently been in the top 100 over the last year or so, year, year and a half, are Caden Green and Makari Vickers. Those are two guys that maintained their status and were pretty stable there. Jaquez Petaway, eh, kind of the same deal. Uh, he's gone up steadily, but uh, he, was, he was never a guy that anybody was going to uh, overlook. Jacoby Johnson and Sammy Omasigo. Omasigo was a guy that was oh a mid-tier three-star. Yeah. Uh, Jacoby was a guy that was right in that middle tier among four-star prospects. Both of those guys closed the cycle as top 100 players. Omasigo is the number 93 player in the country. Jacoby's the number 91 player in the country. Well, Omasigo on this list from on three is the number 52 player in the country. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, and, and just off that, if you didn't have Peyton Bowen, if you didn't have P.J. Adebare, like, we're probably talking about Samuel Omasigo as like, dang, man, like 52 player overall nationally? That's one of the higher ranked defensive players that you've had here recently. And we hardly ever talk about him because you have three other players in the top 15 on this list. I remember there was legitimate message board discourse, and it's always from the same five idiots. But there were people on the message boards back when Oklahoma was really starting to trend for Samuel Masigo that were like, I've seen this kid. He's not that good. He's a small-town player. He deserves to be a three-star. Where are all those people today? Pray tell. Mm. Even those five idiots that you – which, by the way, if there's only five idiots on your message board, that's pretty good, man. Okay, there are a lot more because, than five idiots. Okay. There are five idiots that regularly <laughs> run their mouths. There are a few that will only pop their heads out from their holes every uh, so often. I love it. I love it. Uh, let's see. I saw that Nico passed Arch as number one. Why do they make this change now? That is a very fair question. They hung out until the bitter end for Arch Manning at number one. Why, why Nico after all this time? I don't know, man. I, and I, my thing is, I agree. Nico's a top five prospect. There is not a question in my mind about that. If you've watched Nico, the arm talent is off the freaking charts. He is a can't miss top five prospect in this class. Anybody that doesn't have this guy in the top five, I I question how you evaluate. But after all that, you demote Arch. If you were going to demote Arch Manning in favor of elevating somebody else to number one overall, based on their performances as of late, both throughout their senior seasons and in the elite uh, competition environments, i.e., All American Game, All American Bowl, what have you, I would have thought it would have been Jackson Arnold or Dante Moore that was number one in those rankings. But. I don't have much of an argument with Nico. I'm okay with. Maybe that. they dropped Archibald because he can't uh, keep his he can't keep his student ID on him. Did he lose it again? He lost, Is that what I yes, saw? Yes, yes, second time that Archibald has misplaced his student ID at Texas. And you know what the joke is there? Well, how's he going to fumble the ball if he keeps fumbling his student ID? Uh-huh. But dang, dude, it's been like two times in your first week on campus. Get it together, man. 
Realtor Chris says, no need to debate that. Talking about PJ being the, uh, the, the best player in this class. Just hope it's true. Most of, it, most of us have been able to see Jackson Arnold and feel super good about him. So someone saying PJ might be better, uh, let's go. Yeah, somebody said, would David Hicks have made this class unbelievable or what? Yeah, well, I... Was it you that said it yesterday or Steely that said it yesterday? Eh, just get him in the portal in a year. Yeah, that was Steely. That's he already was. predicted that he was going to be on the yeah, roster. Steely, Steely <laughs> already has DJ Hicks listed on Oklahoma's 2024 roster. Uh, Peyton says, on three has some random dudes really low. Jaquez is 222. Caden Green is unranked. That one I don't get. Yeah. Because, I, I again, I've, I've said it before. I'll say it once again here. I don't think... Oklahoma plans on having Caden Green in the starting lineup right off the bat, but if there arose a circumstance where they needed Caden Green in the starting lineup right off the bat, he'd be ready for it. Yeah, I would guess that he's not in the starting lineup uh, immediately. Maybe there's a chance that he just develops incredibly well early on, and he's a contributor for you at the end of the year, his freshman year, but I'm going to guess year two is when he's really got his first chance to – well, I mean, he'll have a chance, I guess, to to be a starter, but I'm, I'm guessing year two is the more likely year for Caden Green to be to be that guy up front. By the way, why is everyone asking about Jay Valai and Ole Miss? Is that is that a thing? Some Ole Miss insider, I don't know who, posted something about how, hey, watch, uh, Ole Miss might make a run at Jay Valai for a spot on this staff. There's nothing substantial at this point to go off huh. in that regard. Um, it's, it's not worth paying attention to yet. Probably not going to be worth paying attention to at all. So Ole Miss just got a new defensive coordinator. We know that, Pete Golding, right? Um Jay Valai just had an excellent, and I, and I mean an excellent haul in this recent recruiting class. Yeah, I mean, I, defensive back might have been like the single best group that you know that that was in this class. I, I'd have a hard time believing unless Ole Miss just gave him a ridiculous offer. It's not going to be a, a, for a defensive coordinator position, right? So it's likely going to be for the same position that he already has. I got to think Jay Valai is pretty excited of what he has coming in at OU, right? I, I I don't know. Like I, I I would guess that he probably stays at OU instead of goes to Ole Miss, but that's my early guess here. If that's, that's even a thing, that's not even a lateral move. That's a step down. Yeah, I would uh, not. Be, unless, I would not be concerned unless, like I said, they just offer a ridiculous amount of money. But I don't and see even Ole so. Miss. In, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Even so, oh, moreover, I don't think Jay Valai just brought the McCulloughs in to ditch for Ole Miss. Correct, because he was <laughs> the catalyst and all that. Uh, Justin and Kawita says, I just watched some more tape on PJ the other day. This kid might just be generational talent. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be pulling receipts on that guy for a long, long time. Uh, is OU interested in class of 24 safety, Idris Farouk, Jalil's younger brother? He just got an offer from Oregon. Yes, OU has offered Idris Farouk. They are in his top 10. He is not Jalil's younger brother. He's actually Jalil's cousin. So there's a familial connection there. But they are not brothers. How familiar are you with Yelm Washington? Yelm Washington. Well, I certainly know of Yelm Washington now. Now you know about Yelm Washington because, uh, God, this staff is proving, man. Like, if you're a really good backer in Pennsylvania, well, they'll go out there and offer you. And apparently, if you're a really good linebacker out of Yelm Washington, they'll make their way up there to offer you as well. Uh, 2024 offers are really starting to roll in now. 
And OU just offered a four-star backer out of Yelm, uh, Braden Platt, six foot two, two forty. He's got a Michigan offer, an Oregon offer, a Utah offer, some other Pac-12 offers as well. Uh, I I don't know much about the kid. I haven't seen any film of him, uh, but the, the tape kind of nice. Don't yeah, it? is it? It's just yeah. it's just it's just funny. Not funny. It's just interesting that that it's they they had every single time zone in the continental United States filled with a signee this past year. And I'm not going to bet against that again this year if they're making offers in Washington State up there for four-star linebackers. Yeah. Build the pipeline. Build the Pacific Northwest pipeline. Give me a reason to make trips to the state of Washington. I am all about it. But, yeah, Braden Platt, he can play some ball. It's way too early to tell how much of a leg to stand on Oklahoma ends up having in that recruitment. And it's a long way from home for the kid, but it certainly helps that OU made their initial foray into that state this past cycle, getting Josiah Wagner and Heath Ozida. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I'm going to go ahead and uh, beat everyone to it on the text line. Someone already threw out a Jay Valai rumor on there. Well, I'm going to beat you to the rumor that's going on with a certain wide receiver that's not in the transfer portal, but maybe there's something there. I well, we'll talk about that and a whole lot more coming up next. Keep it locked in the ref. What up, Ref Army? I see you listening nationwide once again today via the Ref app. Just search K R E F in the App Store for our free app. New Orleans is tuned in today. Henderson, Texas is tuned in. Marietta, Georgia, Akron, Ohio, Byhalia, Mississippi. B-Y-H-A-L-I-A. You ever heard of Byhalia, Mississippi? I or if say I'm that even I have. saying that correctly? I cannot say Probably that. Probably not. Uh, Sayer, Oklahoma, or a small Oklahoma town of the day today. So appreciate Sayer and all of our uh, Western Oklahoma listeners for tuning in. Brian in Tulsa says, Tyler, can you do the announcer's voice saying Pachati? Feel Pachati. Which, by the way, as we discussed yesterday on the ref, it's F E E E E E E L, not P H I L. Feel Pachati is how we're going to be saying it uh, throughout his duration on campus. Um, speaking of the show yesterday, we had a very random question, and I'm just interested who comes to mind first for you. We're talking about uh, national champion next year in college football. If you had to pick right now, who is it? Who immediately comes to mind? Who would you uh, select as your way too early national champ? We got text like all over. I, I think we had about 10 teams represented. It's tough, isn't it? Because there's no team that's bringing a whole heck of a lot back. You know, there's no team that's completely reloaded. No team that you're like, oh, yeah, based on everybody that they got coming back, based on all the production that they're returning, they got to be your odds on favorite. I can't point to that team right now. I, I, that's why I was, that's kind of the point. It's always, very wide open as yeah, of right now. I end up defaulting to Alabama in situations like this just because I know, you know what? Nick Saban is never going to have an off year. He's just not. If Nick Saban has a down year, it's going to be a down year that includes two losses. That's a down year at Alabama. Yeah. Um, well, here's the thing. Do you have to go with, like, you're thinking there? Oh, I don't know. Probably just Alabama. Do you have to say, I don't know, probably Georgia now? I mean, they, they, they've kind of proven themselves as the best program in the sport, right? And Bama's going to have some unknowns at quarterbacks. I don't know. There's, there's, there's probably a handful of answers. Maybe even Michigan is a uh, 
good answer next year with Jim Harbaugh coming back, their quarterback running back. I, I, I don't know. Somebody said Florida State, and mm. that's – the thing is that's not far-fetched. Like, I see Florida State, and I think about what Florida State is going to have coming back. The reality that not only are they bringing back Jordan Travis, not only are they bringing back Johnny Wilson, but they're bringing back Jared Verse, bro. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that team could be dangerous. Uh, obviously, Colorado, that's the most talked about team slash coach. Well, Colorado might have about a 7-8 uh, win uh, improvement from last year after a 1-11 season. But I'll, I'll get back to those texts here uh, momentarily. But I, what I teased going into the break is, look, it, it does seem like at one point or at some point OU is going to take another wide receiver. And we get to hear all the juicy rumors right here on the text line every single day. We've heard these rumors going back about 10 days now. Is there anything to these OU and Xavier Worthy rumors that are currently spreading like wildfire? Are they spreading like wildfire? Uh, like I, got it, this- I, got a, I got a DM right before I even teased it about it, yeah. <sighs> what do I even say? How do I even address this? Don't get your hopes up. That's all I'm going to say. Don't operate under the expectation that Xavier Worthy is going to enter the portal and that he's going to end up at Oklahoma. Listen, in today's era of transfer portal recruiting and tampering and back-channeling, you can't rule anything out with 100% certainty. All all I will say, Tyler, is if, if there's a universe in which Xavier Worthy departs Texas – and ends up at the University of Oklahoma. He will be the most hated man in the city of Austin. Uh, in perpetuity. Y- yeah. Because uh-huh. that doesn't happen. Well, Can it you did think. No, no, no. It did. Well, we talked about Trace Ford and we said, this doesn't happen, man. Is there. Can we remember another instance where a guy leaves Oklahoma State and is going to play at OU? Imagine if OU had a former Oklahoma State and Texas player on their roster next year. Imagine that scenario. It would be wild, man. Has there ever in history been a player that has suited up for both Oklahoma and Texas that has been on both sidelines at the Red River shootout? Well, Cam Rising never actually made it here, correct? He was just a decommitment. And neither did Colton Vosick. Yeah. And Casey Thompson never ended up at Oklahoma, even though he was close a couple times. I don't know if there has been. The, I, the closest thing is probably – the guy that their stadium is named after, where he was a player here and a coach down there. But I, I don't – I well, how about this, Parker? Not a notable player or not a notable name that we know of that did something big at either campus. You, you know what I mean? Like maybe there was one 35 years ago that was very limited in their career at both Texas and OU, but I, I can't remember another guy that transferred from one to the other that had a, a large amount of success. That would just be bizarre. Like, well, and here's the thing: we're not talking about some scrub, and we're not talking about some scrub starting his career at Texas or starting his career at Oklahoma and then making his way across the Red River. We're talking about Xavier Worthy, which is why it's all the more difficult for me to believe that this will end up happening. Well, and that's that's kind of been my position for the two weeks that we've even been discussing the rumors is. Do I doubt that Xavier Worthy wants to be at OU? I, I, I could see that. I could see that because Xavier Worthy, as I said multiple times, it sounds like he's been itching to get in the portal now for about six months. So if there's rumors out there that he's interested in OU, okay, I, I think that I could probably believe that. 
The problem for me in thinking that it's going to happen is, is that going to be a take for OU? And why I struggle with that is for what I just mentioned. He seems like he's been itching to get in the portal for about six months now. I just don't know. I, I, I don't know if that's a fit. And, and, and maybe, maybe the staff, if that situation even comes about, maybe they say, no, he's, he's such a talent that we got to take him at wide receiver and it happens and I'll admit I'm wrong. I, just, I, I don't know, man. I just, from right, right now, I, I, I don't think that's a take for OU, would be my guess. Devontae Lampkin, did he ever actually play at Texas? I don't know if he actually got in the game, got in a game there. Maybe he did. Uh, somebody said, forget the worthy rumors. The talks of Malcolm Kelly speaking with Sark is scaring me. Yeah, they have an open, uh, they have a vacancy at wide receivers coach because Brennan Marion's at indeed. UNLV now, right? As their OC, yeah, they do indeed. Imagine Texas assistant coach Malcolm Kelly. You talk about a guy's reputation being tarnished in the <laughs> OU circle. Seriously, I, I'm sure there is a segment of this fan base that would never look at um, at Malcolm Kelly the same way again. Uh, Roy Williams played at both Oklahoma and Texas, says one listener. Oops, I think that they were yeah, two different nice guys. One. They did play against each other in the Cotton Bowl a few times. We have a Doug in Norman text. Uh-oh. Why are you counting on anything from Phil Pachotti? He did not even start at IMG. He finished 13th on the team in defensive statistics. He played on the punt coverage team for half their season. He's another three-star practice player. Oh, evals from Doug and Norman. I love it. I think I just did the stadium announcer voice for Phil Pachotti. Did you add on and say anything else about how he was no, going to be a star? No, I think we literally just brought him up. <laughs> we literally just said his name. Uh, yeah, future Butkus Award winner, Phil Pachotti. Though, uh, I guess a photo surfaced of him during, maybe it was move-in day, and he looks huge, and everyone's really excited about that one. So, I'm sure that's being discussed on the uh, message boards, because it was discussed on the radio show yesterday. Yeah, you know, I, no disrespect, Doug and Norman, but we opened the show talking about Brent Venables and this staff and their ability to evaluate talent and the way that some of those evals have already paid off in spades. I'm going to take evals from Brent Venables over evals from you. Chapstick says, why would anyone want Xavier Worthy? He didn't have a great season, and his particular role doesn't appear to be a need for OU right now. We need size, and he doesn't have it. He did He did drop a... He did drop a lot of deep balls a year ago, man. He just dropped a lot of balls in general, Tyler. He, I th was he second in the FBS in drops? And was not crystal balls, by the way. Yeah, no, not crystal balls. Uh, we talked to, uh, or we talked about this earlier. We have a listener repeatedly asking, though, so I guess they must have missed the brief conversation. Ole Miss is going to make a run at Valai. Parker, please answer. Uh, no. I, I would not count on Ole Miss coming into play for Jay Valai because with the recruiting class that he just brought in, especially – uh, capping that off with the addition of the McCullers, in which process Jay Valai was instrumental. I don't see him doing all of that just to make a lateral move at best. Yeah, I, look, th this is a, a great recruiting class of defensive backs that they just brought in. I, I just don't think that – I'm with you, man, that Valai's just looking ready to jump to Ole Miss all of a sudden, especially with a new defensive coordinator. I mean, we got to think about this. He was at Alabama – with Pete Golding, correct? He and was. I, and I guess that I guess that relationship could be awesome between the two. 
But what if the relationship is, you know, not particularly awesome? I, I, I don't know. Like, the, I think that there's more to this than maybe we need to. I, I, I just, I, I would, I would struggle to think that he's going to go from OU, who's trying to build, I think, a football team that's stronger on the defensive side of the ball, than to Ole Miss, who's got a, you know, off. They've got a head coach who is very much on the offensive side of the ball. Ole Miss is an offensively run football program. I just don't think Jay Valai is necessarily running to that. Uh, we got an old head on the text line who has an answer for us. Monty Johnson transferred from Texas to OU in the late 60s and became an all-Big 8 safety. Jack Mitchell transferred from Texas to OU after World War II and became, became OU's first All-American quarterback. Nice. So there See, you go. Got to go back a ways. But we got some history, though. Uh, what did I miss over the three-day weekend from the 405? Well, uh, OU got a uh, walk-on tight end uh, yesterday, Blake Smith from Texas A&M. Walter Rowe uh, over the weekend flipped from uh, Nebraska to OU. Committed to Nebraska, I think, on Friday and then uh, flipped to OU on Saturday uh, after leaving Stanford. 39-game starter, 2,552 snaps played at this level of college football. And does he have two years of eligibility remaining? Walter Rowe, does he have his COVID year still to use? Or is he just uh, having a one? I th- I'm fairly certain Walter Rouse is a one-year guy. Okay, because I thought he was just a one-year guy, and someone on the text line corrected me yesterday and said, no, he has the COVID year, it's two. I, will, I, I thought it was one. I will double-check it in the break, but I believe this is a one-year yeah. rental. For All right, 405-651-3439. Ton of text to get to on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, but we also got to get to a lot in college football. A lot of coaching rumors are out there, a lot of scrutiny, a lot of transfer portal. Keep it locked right here on The Ref for the latest. We are the Homo Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We're the Homo Sooner fans. We did get some OU portal news today. Uh, Marcus Alexander is in the transfer portal, offensive lineman, backup offensive lineman. You had an interesting tweet because he was a, a part of the 2019 class. So now that Marcus Alexander is officially in the portal, that means this is the current situation for the 2019 signees. Ten previously transferred elsewhere. Two are in the portal right now. Two retired from football. One was dismissed. Two graduated as career backups. Five are currently backups. One is a full-time starter, and one is currently in the NFL. So if you're talking about true hit rate there, you're looking at, what, two out of 24? Yeah, that's not what you're looking for right there. No. And look, there Uh, are guys that you got decent contributions out of that don't fall into either of those latter two categories, full-time starters right now and or NFL football players. Austin Stogner, for instance, has now transferred back to Oklahoma, so that's a guy that has a chance to write a triumphant final chapter to his story. But you got a good year out of Spencer Rattler in 2020. You got contributions out of Hazelwood and Theo Weiss before they departed. So it wasn't a total loss in the 2019 cycle, but when you look at that class top to bottom, it's like, man, you got a lot of guys that did not do a whole heck of a lot of Sooners. Uh, Scuttlebutt is still out there that Bill O'Brien is the favorite to be the next offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots. Bama's trying to find their next defensive coordinator, and it seems like they may be trying to find their next offensive coordinator as well. So I guess that's where Jeff Lebby comes into play. I-, I think Jeff Lebby is staying at OU, and I think that Lebby will be the OC next year. And that trail has gone cold a little bit, those rumors, to Levy and, uh, Levy and Alabama. Well, it's just because it doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, like, 
Why do you bother recruiting Jackson Arnold to Oklahoma? Why do you bother making all this noise in the transfer portal? And Levy's had a big hand in what the Sooners have done in the transfer portal. Why do you do all of that only to pick up and leave for a job as the OC at Alabama? And I get that it's Alabama. I get that it's the SEC. But with what Oklahoma is building right now and how tied in Levy is to all of it, and especially with him being an Oklahoma alum, it would take a fat chunk of change, I think, for Jeff Levy to even seriously entertain that offer from Alabama. Former uh, LSU five-star signee Walker Howard uh, is in the transfer portal, probably because Jaden Daniels is coming back and going to be the starting quarterback next year. Uh, Garrett Nussmeyer is still on campus as well. A lot of crystal balls dropped today for uh, Walker Howard to stay in the SEC and stay in the SEC West and go play at Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, there's a few crystal balls that dropped today for Walker Howard to Ole Miss. Okay, so Ole Miss is stacking. You got Jackson Dart handing the handed the reins to Walker Howard eventually if that comes to fruition. I'm very curious to see what happens at Florida with their QB situation because uh, they have Graham Mertz as a stopgap in and all it, technicality. He is what he is. He's going to be a mid-level SEC quarterback most likely. Here's what I know uh, in talking to people down that way. Jaden Rashada is not going to enroll at Florida. He will end up elsewhere. There is a lot of talk about DJ Lagway reclassifying. Ooh. And that wouldn't happen until this summer, but he'd be able to be on campus for fall camp this fall, this August. Now, I question whether that guy is ready to contribute and or compete at the SEC level as a 17-year-old. But I, DJ Lagway was down there at the All-American Bowl in San Antonio rolling around on the sidelines. Talk about a guy that's physically ready for yeah. college. Uh, that yeah, guy is. Um, Florida needs something good to happen because, well, they have the same record as OU this year, right? They were 6-7, and seven, and Billy Napier, he understands he needs a, a big year too. The problem, Parker, is that Florida State all of a sudden looks like they're going to be really good next year. Florida's got to play Florida State next year. Uh, Florida, their crossover game is against LSU. LSU and Florida State, I think, will probably both start in the top ten, if not in the top eight of next year. George is going to continue to be really good. Tennessee loses their quarterback, sure, but they showed in the bowl game that they can still beat a good team like Clemson even without Hinton Hooker at quarterback. So there's probably going to be at least four teams that Florida has to play next year that are better talent-wise up and down the roster than they are. So Florida's got to find some offensive firepower after lo- losing Anthony Richardson. Uh, somebody said Kendall Bryles slow playing TCU waiting for the Alabama job. That's intriguing. Uh, I hadn't considered that possibility. Yeah, sure. And maybe there's a reason why you haven't heard Kendall Bryles' name thrown around a whole lot. But I, if you're looking for an offensive coordinator from the collegiate ranks and you're Nick Saban, there aren't many guys whose name carries more weight than Kendall Bryles. So if you come up empty on Jeff Lebby, which I have no reason to believe that Alabama wouldn't come up empty on Jeff Lebby, maybe Kendall Bryles is a guy that you start to pick up some steam for. Uh, this listener asks, four-star safety Landon Cleveland out of Texas was wearing Oklahoma gear to camp but just announced his top ten. OU hasn't offered. Does he like OU or have some connections to Oklahoma or something? He's followed by BV, so obviously they're keeping an eye on him. Uh, Landon Cleveland has a ton of interest in Oklahoma. And I'm, 
I always kind of catch myself getting into conversations like this because I, I, I struggle with what to say and what not to say because it can be kind of, kind of, kind of touch and go with some of these uh, recruitments, and there may be some things that you don't want to disclose out of respect for the kid and the program. But here's here's what I know. Right now, OU hasn't offered because they feel really good about adding Aaron Flowers and Xavier Filsimi to the class at the safety position. I have a crystal ball in for Aaron Flowers to Oklahoma. I've held off to this point on putting one in for Xavier Filsimi, but OU leads there and has for a while. Who is your way-too-early top four start of next season? Uh, In no particular order, I'll go with Georgia, I'll go with Michigan, I'll go with Bama, and I'll go with Florida State. You hate any of those? I do not hate. We any just of got those. a text that say FSU, if in top ten, so overrated. If they played in a real conference, they were a six-loss team. I so there's one person that disagrees. I respectfully disagree. I think Florida State is a program that if if it all comes together for them the way that it did down the stretch here in 2022, as we look ahead to this fall. Yeah, they're going to be scary, and they'll probably be the preseason pick to win the ACC. Uh, Saban is going after Cliff Kingsbury. Well, he better be getting on a jet out to Thailand to try and uh, bring him back. Which, that was incredible <laughs> content, by the way. Oh, is it not? And, and hey, man, what a brilliant move, you know? Um, because coaches have said before after they get fired, yeah, I'm not interested in being an offensive coordinator and – we know that it's probably not true. They're just trying to position themselves for a better deal. <laughs> Flying out a one-way ticket to Thailand, Parker, like that's a power move right there. That that's that's putting yourself in a situation to eventually get a getting a pretty good deal out of it. I'm just curious, why Thailand of all places? Why not Tahiti? Why not the British Virgin Islands? Uh, I don't know, but that should be the first question to Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, Cliff, he, uh, why Thailand? Apparently, his girlfriend is out there with him. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Which yeah. one? Uh, I don't <laughs> – the Instagram model one, okay. that one. Uh, from the 580, Parker, you implied NIL was a big, rouse, uh, big reason Rouse chose Nebraska originally. Was NIL the reason for the flip to OU? Did OU increase the offer? We talked about this yesterday. Walter Rouse is going to get paid at Oklahoma. Now, he's not going to get paid as much as he would have gotten paid at Nebraska, but – OU's successful final pitch to Walter Rouse more so circled around – it was – centered around the development that he would get at Oklahoma versus Nebraska and Bill Biedenboe's track record of putting guys in the league. It's a sad day for the Bill Biedenboe haters, yeah. but that's the reality. Uh, by the way, one thing before we hit a break on those new uh, on-three rankings, Malachi Nelson sure took a tumble, man. And because, you know, we, we, we mentioned, or you mentioned, I guess, that a year ago, Jackson Arnold was a, you know, highly thought of four-star but he wasn't thought of in the best three quarterbacks conversation. He wasn't there with Nico or Arch Manning or some of these other guys. I feel like Malachi Nelson a year ago was thought of in that top three, if not the number one overall quarterback in this class. Has that significantly changed now? Because on three, they they, they dropped him pretty significantly. Like, what, all the way down to, like, number 30, I yeah, think? Yeah, it probably has something to do with the labrum surgery that he underwent. So he didn't get the chance to do the All-American game. Uh, didn't get the chance to make a lot of those or add a lot of those final flourishes to his uh, profile and to his resume that some of the other quarterbacks did down the stretch. So prob- I-, I regard that as a passive drop more so than anything else. OU Architect says Thailand, great golf, great weather, uh, great food, friendly people, and privacy from U.S. sports media. 
Well, some, I guess. But, yeah, I'm sure that you can find some privacy out there in Thailand. But I'm sure Nick's on the jet as we speak. Nick Saban going to Thailand to try to get Cliff Kingsbury. I wouldn't put anything past Saban. (laughs) He was just in Lindale, Texas this morning. Wouldn't shock me if in like 12 hours we see a photo of him between a couple of tiki torches next to Cliff Kingsbury. Okay, this is great. So I have two computer screens in front of me, Uh and a lot of times the tabs that are open are left over from previous shows. So I've got like uh, two on three tabs open on this computer that I was looking at earlier, the text line tab. How about a rep? Bomar LinkedIn profile tab that was open from a previous show. How random is that? I'm going to guess that Steely was on here trying to search what Rhett Bomar is doing nowadays, and he pulled him up on LinkedIn. So Rhett Bomar has a LinkedIn. It doesn't have like a cover photo, but it says Rhett Bomar Conroe ISD in Houston, Texas. Okay. Well, so I guess he's, a, he's a football coach there. I want, What if I just made a whole bunch of fake LinkedIn profiles of former ex-football players just to troll Steely? Education? And slowly slid those in over the course of the next few months on the radio station just every so often. Be like, you know what? I wonder what Paul Thompson's doing now. Education, Sam Houston State. NFL 2009 to 2012. I think we found him, or at least Steely did. 405 651 3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. One final segment of Locked In's next. Final segment locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. A reminder Bob Stoops will be joining the show in about 25 minutes, coming up at 320, as he does every single Tuesday on the rush. OU has the number 10 transfer portal class, according to 24-7 Sports. Number 11 yesterday, they are now up to number 10. It just, some of these, (laughs) some of these make me laugh. Colorado's at number three, Parker. They have 23 commits in the portal this cycle. Arizona State is back at 12. They have 25. 25 commits this transfer portal Okay, cycle. well, to be fair, Woo. Arizona State had to field a team. So Yeah, I know. Just they like, needed man. as many portal guys as they could get. And Deion Sanders wasn't lying about flipping that roster. No, he basically he told, hey, if you're on this roster before, there's only like uh, two or three of you I want. The rest of you, get out. <laughs> go, go figure out Wait, somewhere I mean, else to the, play. The team did go 1-11 the previous year, so yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I guess the man did have a point there. Now, didn't he? Uh, let's see. Where's old Joe Brady at? He was one of the hottest names several seasons ago. Guess Saban could give him a shout. Yeah. You know, I, I know it's the month of January because the month of January is when we talk about Joe Brady more than any other month of the year. Well, I would go a step further. The month of January is the only month that <laughs> yeah, we talk about seriously. Joe Brady. <laughs> Uh, he's with the Bills right now. I believe he's the quarterback coach of the uh, Buffalo Bills. But I was, as I was searching his name on Twitter dur- during the break, of course, it's Joe Brady month, and the Chargers fans want him as their next OC. Like Anyone with an offensive coordinator opening, they are all about Joe Brady. And I remember um, some certain people around here a year ago that wanted Joe Brady as the next OC. Uh, this listener in the 918 asked, how do you know that OU did not drop the same coin as Nebraska for the offensive tackle? You were talking in positives, so are you positive? Uh, yes, I'm positive. How do I know? Well, it's... I, I just know, okay? I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh-oh. I have ways of knowing. He just knows. 
He just knows what the dollar amount is. Hey, by the way, uh, speaking of the transfer portal, you know, looking at guys that left the program and there's still um, there's still a handful of players that need to figure out or need to find their next uh, destination. David Ahuebu is one of those guys. But you're not seeing a whole lot of players leave and end up at Power 5 destinations. Like Nick Evers at Wisconsin, and then you had Theo Weiss at Mizzou. Is there anyone else Those that ended up at a two. Power 5 school? Only huh. two. And Aguebu will go Power 5. Yeah, I think he, he will, will end too. up at a Power 5 school. There's been a lot of interest for that kid since he hit the portal. I'm trying to think who else reasonably could go Power 5. Like that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it really is. But I do agree with you. I think David Aguebu is... I, I read an article today that, hey, here's the top 10 players in the portal currently available that could help right away defensive players, and he was listed in that, which I would probably agree with that. Yeah, like, the production looks really good. I mean, he was second-leading tackler a year ago. Exactly. It's not often you can find a guy that is coming off a 100-plus tackle season in the portal at any point, let alone this late in the cycle. Uh, Peyton says... I saw something that there's going to be like 67 out of 85 players that never played under LR. Good news. Yeah, that's called flipping a roster, folks. Yeah, they have, uh, they have done that, no doubt about it. All right, we'll keep our eye on the portal for another wide receiver. I'm not telling you that it's imminent, but oh boy, portal watch is still going on, at least until the end of the cycle, right? 405-651-3439. Keep those texts coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. The Rush is coming up next right here on The Ref.